everybody and welcome to another episode of We Didn't Know How Good We Had It. And this week I'm super, super happy to announce that I've been joined by Mr. Damien Sale of the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. Hi Damien, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No, thank um, you for joining I'm me. I'm very much looking forward to chatting a load of shit for yeah, an hour or so. Yeah. yeah, I'll try not to keep you too long, but I won't stop you. So if you start going off on one, I'll go put the kettle on and then we'll just well, let it run. I am from South Wales, so it's it's almost inevitable that this is. You said like it would be an hour. It's definitely gonna be more than an hour, mate. <laughs> so well, uh, I'll definitely. make sure I get my dinner done later on then today. But yeah, yeah, we're here on a, a sort of dark and grim Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, God, mm, first first week of work I've done in about a year, so I've completely lost track of what time things happen and what days things happen. Anything, but yeah, yeah. And um, how have you been over the last sort of twelve? months or so like with with what's been going on what's uh what's been going on in your world uh it's been you know what it's been okay i think i was furloughed for the, the first lockdown for about three months and um to my shame i loved every minute of it um <laughs> there's no shame I, in that I, yeah i i really did get a glimpse i think like many other musicians who got furloughed that was that time back that I could focus on music, which is what I've realized is that when I started music, I was prolific. And then the more responsible I've become, the less prolific I've become also. Um, so it's been nice. It was, it was nice. Um, my parents, well, my, my dad and my stepmother uh, live in Mexico. They didn't have any health insurance for, for a pandemic. So they had to come and live with us. So um, I see my dad like maybe once or twice a year, most times. So it was nice to have him and my stepmom with us for a couple of months, got them, you know, plowing the land and helping out with. And <laughs> <laughs> in their keep, was it? It was, it was, it was like that thing, you know, you, you know, like it was like a flip reversal. It's something you always want to say to your dad. It's like, you know, as long as you're under my roof, yeah. you'll, you you'll do as you sit around and watch Mastermind all day. You come and yeah. do the washing yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't come in here drinking my Stella, mate. Get down the shed. And get to, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so it was, it was lovely to have them. Um, I, did, yeah, I, I missed the gym. I, I missed exercising quite a bit. But um, I mean, oh, I was glad to go back to work when I did. I think I went back in like August, September. Then we went through a redundancy period, which was pretty shit. Mm. Um, a couple of my friends lost the, lost their jobs, um, and then my wife got pregnant. <laughs> so um, in a lot in a lockdown, which swings and uh, roundabouts, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> nothing else. Nothing else to do was there. So. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but one, uh, yeah, one thing, uh, one thing I have noticed that you've become incredibly competent at is annoying your dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, I yeah. absolutely adore every video you put up. What's your dog's name? Uh, he's called Murphy. Murphy. Murphy is the best character I've oh, ever man. seen. Like uh, how he hasn't just packed his bags and left. Uh, I, I, um, I, I don't know. I, uh, I tell you what, I, I lo- I, I've always loved that dog um but i think so when you have a i watched this uh documentary about babies and your um there's a bit of your brain called the amygdala which is responsible for like uh worry and bonding it releases a chemical so that um, helps with bonding and relationships apparently when you have a baby it starts to grow and i i feel i think i don't know if it's growing already because i know i'm going to be a dad (laughs) soon but I just feel like I love my dog even more. Like I just, I honestly, I just sit there saying, I got all teary eyed the other week thinking about him not being around anymore. And oh. I was like, it was, it was, it was, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it could just be lockdown 
madness that's happening. Just but, yeah. and I, have, have you left yeah. that room that you're sat in right now? When was the last time you left the room? Oh yeah, I've 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 been out of this room probably in total about an hour today. But um, okay, yeah, I think that might be a little bit. Just if you start getting a bit teary eyed yeah. or anything, now we can take a moment. Yeah, it happens a lot. But um, I, I'm and I also just for the record, so I don't get called on it. I I love my wife more as well. So. <laughs> good, good. That, there you go. There's my uh, there's my trailer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get into Saint Pierre Snake Invasion. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah. and you know. Let, let's just sort of get into records and recording mm-hmm. and how many members and all this sort of stuff that we've we've we we sort of brushed upon and everything but yeah um caprice enchanté mm-hmm. is a record and a half if you don't mind me saying oh thank you very much um how, how did sort of like record because that was out in 2019 wasn't it? did you spend like the best part because it was a good few years between it's the first four record years, and the second yeah. one wasn't it yeah um how did that sort of come apart because you can tell um, for those of you who haven't listened to the first record, 100 Years a Day, was out in 2015. Um, it's, uh, and I mean, it's with all due respect, it's almost like a more grown up record. In, you, oh. you, you put it on straight away and you're like, they're, they're there, they're here now. Yeah, like, this yeah is absolutely. Sound. Yeah. Um, there's good reason for that. I, I mean, the first, the first album, and, and if people have, who are listening have, have heard me tell a story before, I do apologize. But the first album was. Uh, wasn't meant to be an album we were going in to do an ep we had four days booked at um rockfield studios with sean janocki who um has done the who and ruben and shame uh and we did three of the four songs in the first day um in pretty much in the morning um so by about two o'clock is that adrenaline of being in the studio we were just yeah we were just really tight like we were just i, I drilled the boys like it was like, <laughs> like a, a mid- yeah it was like a military thing i was like we're spending this money you're gonna fucking nail it or i'm gonna nail you so just know your, sh- <laughs> nail, know your shit like, boys, so do you I- know where we are <laughs> exactly yeah we're, we're, in Way- we're in wales now mate so it feels a fucking same right but um they um and they just smashed it, yeah. And so we got to two o'clock, three o'clock, and we were like, okay, let's get some lunch. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've done 75% of what we need to do. So I sat there, I sat there, we were eating, and I said to Sean in the control booth, I was like, um, Sean, we've only got one more song to do, and we've got three days left to do it. What are we going to do? And he's like, oh, let's do an album. And I was like, I just started laughing at him. And he's like, yeah, I no, he was why not? Straight faced, doesn't he? He was. Like, he's he's completely, he's completely, completely straight faced. Let's do an album. And I just started laughing. And he's like, no, let's do an album. And I said, like, you're mad. He's like, nah, why not? Why not? He's like, how many songs you got? I was like, fucking, what do we know? So that's why it, that's why, in long story short, that album isn't, the reason it doesn't sound as uh, succinct and as um together as caprice is because it was it was never intended to be an album it was it was just a collection of songs that happened there was uh there was a um a loose theme of escapism in those in those lyrics because i'd written them when i was living in real trying to get out of real to come to bristol so there was a lot of escapism in 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 those lyrics thematically so it's got so the, like a Houdini on the front cover, isn't it? Or yeah, like a yeah. Depiction of Houdini yeah. on the front cover. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's uh, um, Adam uh, bloody hell, Adam Bertram Powell. Uh, yeah, uh, that, actually, uh, if that's not his name, fucking hell, I, I'm really <laughs> sorry, Alex. 
I was actually thinking about him the other day because we were hoping to do a vinyl. I can't but anyway, there's a guy called Alex who's an incredible illustrator and a fantastic musician as well uh, in a band called Anta, um, who are wicked. I don't know if you know them, but they're great. Um, anyway, I digress. The, so Houdini, yeah, the whole Houdini thing was part and parcel. That was basically me trying to shoehorn some level of theme for that album, <laughs> given, given that it is a Frankenstein of an album. I mean, I think we uh, the title track I wrote there on the day, I, I had those lyrics um, going around and I had that riff which was separate and I just decided to put them together and see how it works. So the first time I sang that song was on that first take, uh, uh, like a rag to a Red Bull, that exactly the same. We wrote that in the morning, recorded it. And the first time I sang those vocals ever is that take that's on there. Did um, you uh, play guitar on that record as well? Or did you like do I, bits of it? Cause you, you know, you play, for those who don't know, you, you play a lot of guitar as well. I, I, especially yeah. more so on the newer St. Pierre. Yeah. I remember the yeah. arc tangent headline set from the Bixler stage. I probably got that yeah. one, but I remember someone giving you getting a guitar. I was like, Oh, this is new. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't new, yeah. but it would, to me, it was new at the time. I was like, yeah, this is yeah. going to get really fucking loud in the next like yeah, yeah. and a half. So. Yeah. You've got to be loudest when you're the front man. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that um, I played, I played uh, not so much. So we recorded that all live. I, I didn't, all the guys had headphones. I was in, the arse end of the live room up by the control booth with a shield and a um and a monitor so it was all completely live which is why if you listen to a hundred years a day the song um my voice is completely fucked on that and it's because we that was the last thing we did we did it like we had a couple of hours left and i put the vocals down in a dimly lit room and <laughs> you know, get some candles uh, to, on to like. get to get the mood and you know about you know about the futility the futility of creating and all that and never being fulfilled and um but yeah so uh, it was it was yeah it was a mishmash of all this stuff so and by the time that record had come out we had I had already written Remystery and I'd written Caprice oh so you had them for a good few Good for you. Yeah. Then. So were they yeah. So like finished products, or were they just like you've got this idea in your head, and then it, it came so, from there? Yeah. We uh, we missed. Yeah. So no, I didn't demo for the longest time. So most of the stuff on the first album I already demoed, mm-hmm. um, but with Caprice and what have you, I kind of had these ideas. I brought the ideas and we thrashed them out in um, I. In, in rehearsal so it, I'd have like maybe one or two pieces and I needed to find something to segue into them mm-hmm. or, the, or the, that missing piece to put them together um, so there was a lot more of uh, of that yeah but um, but I had the idea I had the idea of how I wanted the album to sound already um, and that's why Caprice I had phone recordings of them and I would put those recordings in order. So I, you know, I, I do that. I'm doing that with the, the album that we're writing right now. I, I see, I don't, a lot of bands, I think, go in with all the songs that they have, record them and then go, right, how are we going to sequence this? Whereas what I do predominantly is think, right, how is this album starting? Or can, which song, what if, if we start the album with this song how, and it, how does it finish? Mm-hmm what type of song would I want to hear next? If I haven't already got 
one of those songs in the catalogue, then I know that I need to write a song yeah. in that in that vein. So you're like it's, having the album to tell, a, not necessarily a story, but a journey at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I remember reading a, book, a, a biography about Iggy Pop and he was talking about raw power mm-hmm. and he was saying you have fast song, middle song, fast song mid-paced song slow song repeat that three times and you've got an album so i was kind of thinking yeah i've always kind of thought of it like that whereas if you've got if you've got five fast songs on an album it's probably not that balanced an album before your songs they can be quite hard to listen to records like that i mean i I get it if you're fucking thrash or speed metal band yeah you only have five fast songs it's about a minute and a half long but yeah you've got like music like yours where you're saying that you you have ideas that come, they have reasoning behind them, such as like the whole escapism mm. and stuff. It's not just yeah. a blast a four minute track I've done. Yeah. Days. Um, it's good to know, like, I mean, I, I didn't know that, but either way, because like the way I work was when I was writing was the way you said before, where you get together as everyone and you write it on a big whiteboard and stuff. Yeah. I suppose what I don't really, I'm not as premeditated as you, I suppose. Is the, yeah. The way to do it. That's well, I, that's the, I've just always, um, written I've, I've always been able to write in my head and 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 edit in my head and um so like with omens on on caprice that all all the guys heard was the guitar riff and i mumbled the vocals like mm. all of the other stuff everything else that's on there like the, the additional percussion jamie lemon fucking screaming yeah. bloody bloody murder on there was <laughs> was in my head, I could hear it. Like I was like, that's why I asked him to do it. It's like I can hear your voice fucking screaming like 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 a madman over me crooning. Um so yeah, when they and that was that whole song, like when it was finished, I was like, that's that's the closest thing I've ever come to like capturing what was in my head. I would say like the boys, it's like it's like having it's I imagine it's like a director. Do the director has the script, but in their head they can see yeah. A shot do you know what i mean and they know yeah, those li- yeah. from the script you can get an understanding of what the shot is but only the director really has that full tapestry of what what he wants and that's kind of how we've we've done it i suppose for, in a way for- it's it's good if you haven't reached that perfect thing because then you you will always push yourself to, to yeah that big picture that you're looking for so yeah i don't yeah else that happens afterwards especially this this new record are you doing the same sort of way um, where, yeah, you know, it, you, you're plotting it as you go, and you've got an, like an idea in your mind. Yeah, we we so I started writing it last year in the lockdown, mm-hmm. and um, so that so again, it's we. I always had an idea that Saint Pierre would be a three album band, and then it, we would disband, and I would go and do something else. Can I just say, um, just interrupt when you said that after the live stream or during the interview during yeah. the live stream today, like a little bit of yeah. my heart broke. So you're like, you know, yeah. I know you never like hearing bands that you like that are, are, yeah. kind of, are just planned to split up. But then when you said, but after last year, and you know the reception for mm-hmm. Caprice, and then doing all this stuff again, that did you say that idea sort of like yeah fizzled out a little bit or? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had to, like, so Caprice's Caprice album is about, like, it's about identity. But when I, I first started writing it, it was about romanticism and <laughs> romanticism in music in particular, and in, even more in particular, my my romanticism of music and romanticizing myself as a musician. And so I had this really, I'm going to say the word again, romanticized idea <laughs> of, um, of. Uh, of like doing this B 
be in this band that does three albums and they're all shit hot. The last one in particular is like a masterpiece, and then you just fuck off. <laughs> and then in ten, and then in ten years' time, everyone's going, "Oh my god, there was this band, and they were amazing, and no one knew about them." And how lovely is that? You've and, got people like me wanting to do a podcast about bands that have split up. You'd yeah, be one yeah. of those bands in ten exactly, years' time. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. And I thought, and I was convinced of that for a long time. And then I just realized last year, not so much last year actually, it was only. Last year when I was doing that album, I was like, is this the album that I'd finish on? And and it was kind of like a, I'd gone more kind of, not abstract. I was using space a lot more in, mm-hmm. in the compositions and I was aping Deftones quite a bit. It was kind of like <laughs> a, this was going to be my Deftones album. Mm-hmm. And then when I listened back, I had a batch of like 13 songs and I listened back to them. I was like, this isn't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not excited by this at all like I, it's not like I don't this isn't this isn't the album that I'm going out on so I just messaged the boys I was like I'm scrapping it I've kept like two or three songs and I've started again mm. um and the new direction has taken me back to where I was with like with Caprice where I now I can the little bits this this new direction and I won't I we we've promised ourselves that we're not going to talk about the new sound or the new direction because i i want um i want everyone to be as fucking surprised like you said you know when you hear when you heard caprice after listening to 100 years a day you were like fucking hell this is this is clearly a, a step forward yeah and a step away I want people to get the same fucking reaction when they listen to this new album. And because of that, I don't want to preempt it at all. But that's fair. I won't ask you to tell say much more. Like no. I feel I feel like I could just looking at you, those guys, we're doing this over Zoom now, but looking at you, I can see you kind of want to say it, but you're doing really well to sort of Yeah, I don't I, because I've got I had this idea. So I'll give you an I'll give you a tiny little bit. So set hundred years a day, that whole concept of St. Pierre when I started it was what would a hardcore band sound like? doing cover what would mccluskey sound like if they were a hardcore band <laughs> so what would refused in the bronx sound like doing mccluskey hmm. then the, then caprice was like what would the chariot and prince and uh, <laughs> mccluskey yeah if we went there the chariot the prince mccluskey refused what would they sound like what you know what and it was it was very much like that you'd take a topic and go okay what would this these bands sound like doing that and what i've what i've done with what we're doing with this album is we've i've had this idea where i've gone okay we're going to take these two bands and we're going to put them together because i've never heard anyone do it and they're going to do this so the premise there's like three or four bands that kind of are the um the foundations of the new sound and then i'll just i basically i'm yeah i'm just i'm just robbing lots of stuff <laughs> no, but, but, uh, yeah no no uh, yeah it's gonna it's it's a weird it's a different it's a new thing for me but it's it's taking shape and now i've got now i've got that i've got i've already got 10 songs and they're in they're kind of in an order we've got to go and rehearse them but they're there and some some of i finished one today and it's fucking it's the best song i've ever written like but i know everyone says that but, <laughs> but like this this but this is genuinely the best song i've ever written and this is going to be 
I think I personally think Caprice is a fucking standing album, and to the point that I like, I, I might sound arrogant to say that, but I, 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 when we finished it, we were all like, I can't believe that's us. Hmm. I can't believe that we did that. This album is going to be fucking ten times better than Caprice. Ten Amazing. times better. Like, Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I look forward to that. So uh, I've in my head concocted a really nice little filter into sort of the beginning Lovely. of the actual crooks of this. So you talking about the writing stuff for the new record. Now you've had a couple of new members in the band more recently. Yeah, so yeah. like the past, let's, let's just say like folks like last three years or so, like I didn't stand Jay yeah. and you've had a new drummer. It was the drummer from Matt. He Mac- did, yeah. Uh, the drummer from Matt. Yeah, Mac- Pete, Pete, Pete Reisner. Yeah. That's and right, yeah. How has having new members join in helped with, uh, I guess maybe not so much for the writing, but after the live stream, you could see there was a there's an energy there. I know it's hard to tell over mm. the, the, my MacBook screen and stuff, but there was an energy yeah. there with new people in it. How has that helped with the writing process, or for you personally? Because I bet you can go, I've got an idea in my head, and Pete can do it, like on the drums, or Sanjay yeah. can do this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Again, without giving too much away, Sanjay is um, he, he's got a pedal board which is fucking ridiculous, and he doesn't <laughs> get to use it. Van, and, it is massive, yeah. It is massive, and um, and so in terms of writing, I mean, I ideally I wanted to write, I want I wanted to write as a collective for this. What's transpired is that I've put the foundations of most of the songs around, and then we'll go in and fuck with it as a mm-hmm. collective. Sanjay, uh, I mean, Paddy does write, um, but I, I don't think he's he's. He doesn't do it all the, all the time. I don't think I could be wrong. Apologies if that's the case. Sanjay has his own Sanjay has his own product project. Yeah, uh, called Tubgoat that he does. He kept alluding so really to that didn't he? and taking the piss out of himself for yeah. wanting to release stuff during a lockdown. And yeah, like six months. So yeah. I've, but, I've, really, I've been really it, entertained. He's always he's a super funny guy. Yeah, he is a really funny guy, and he's a really talented guy as well. He's he's um, and Tubgoat is part of the reason that he's in he's in the band. Um, because he, he's, I listened to some of that stuff and I was like, that's fucking really good, man. It's really good. And it'd be nice to have someone in who um, who can write as well, who wants to write. And Pete, I believe, and I, like I've, I've met, I'd met Pete a couple of times before he joined the band. Um, and we've had obviously two rehearsals and played a show together in the last two, <laughs> two or three weeks. So I, I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not like, we're not, we, we weren't suckled at the same teat or anything, but he, um, I believe that he was like a big contributor to um, to Max Raptor. I think he was perhaps like he was talking about how their demise, which is not for me to go into, but he was saying like, "Oh, we, I was writing a load of stuff and I was giving it to to the others." So I think he is very much like a a creative, like in his in his own right as well. Yeah. Which is, I'm really 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 keen to see where where we can go. He he seems. Um, very insightful from what from the chats that we've had we we were discussing the theme of the album the albums from which i'm taking influence for this or we're taking influence for this and he yeah without sounding like pretentious and i'm gonna sound pretentious but fuck it there's a lot there's a lot of thought that goes into saint there's a lot more thought than i think than i think people perhaps would assume um goes on we we i think deeply about what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve and what i want the band to be and pete is definitely 
I think in that terms of intellectually, he's a similar on the same page as everyone. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And with Sanjay, him coming, I I feel bad because I did an interview with John Newton, and I forgot to mention that Sanjay was in the band. <laughs> uh, uh, to to my horror, he was like, "You completely forgot that I was in the band." He sent me a message. You completely forgot that I was in the band, and then I was like, "No, I, no, I didn't." And then I watched it back. I was like, "I didn't mention him." But so. And I'm not just saying this to make amends. Uh, when I saw when the first show I played with Sanjay, before that, be- just before that, I said to the guys, I want Sanjay to be the bassist. And they were like, oh, should he, like, should we, you know, perhaps rehearse with him first? I was like, I want Sanjay to be the bassist. Sanjay's going to be our bassist. Mm-hmm. He can play bass. And, I, and I'm telling you, when this guy gets on stage, he's going to go fucking ballistic. And um, they were like, he's really quiet. I was like, I'm telling you when he gets on stage, he's going to go fucking ballistic. I've just, I can, I've I've seen it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I can see it in my, I just know that this really quiet, funny, witty guy, intelligent guy is going to go fucking mental. And then completely lost in his world on stage. Yeah. Sure as shit. Fucking bust into the songs and he's going absolutely mental. And, and like it's not a, it's not um, a criticism of, of Zach or Paddy. I've never once told them to anyone in the band how they sh- they need to behave on stage. I don't think that that's something anyone should do. Um, should be who you who you want to be on on stage or com- or who you're comfortable being. Yeah. So they move and behave how they how they want to. But it is I must admit it is nice to have someone else who's just fucking letting go. It takes a little bit of pressure off me and. Um, <laughs> And it and it does it just adds to kind of and the he's energy got of absolutely luscious hair, which uh, yeah has got lovely, your, yeah. yours has disappeared like a, there's a the same as me sort of an optional head buzz yeah at some point last year so yeah. Sanjay's come and bought the bought the locks so yeah he has yeah he's bought that he's bought he's he's bought he's bought a bit of color if, <laughs> in uh, in every sense he's he's uh, He's, but yeah, we're all pasty motherfuckers except for Sanjay, who well, is not pasty. That will sort of move me on quite nicely because I was talking about you having new members of the band and, and the band yeah. sort of progressive. Now, the first, the, the reason, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, the main reason after that incredible chat we just had there that I've got Damien here is to talk about some bands that are no longer together that have either influenced his musical journey or he's discovered and stuck with. And the first band we're going to talk about has arguably the most members out of any band mm. in the history of music. Uh, yeah. And fronted by, uh, fortunately, someone no longer with us, Mr. Mark E. Smith, it's The Fall. Um, yeah. Take it away, because I, I tried getting into The Fall, as in yeah. delving deep. And I, I, I will throw my hand and say the first time I listened to The Fall was when Mark E. Smith died. So mm-hmm. that's it for me that's fine um, so educate me damien where, well, where, where I mean, do we go how do we go down the rabbit hole it's difficult the thing is and again any if any if there are any mad people who have listened to interviews i've done before they've probably heard me tell this this story a lot but i the fear i distinctly remember the first time i saw the fall and it was a it was at uh leeds festival 2005 and they were on like the Radio One stage, and I was with my friend uh, Roly and his niece Alex, and we were watching it. And there was a middle-aged man in a black leather jacket with a white shirt, just mumbling 
down a microphone with uh, over what sounded like dad rock and i was i was i just remember being completely nonplussed by it and saying to my friend roly who is this we went through the um for the program, program. Yeah. other program i had a look he's like oh it's the fall i was like, this is shit this is totally <laughs> shit totally shit and i didn't really think anything of it and then i think 2004 is probably like when you you know youtube was kind of starting to become popular and and you realize that oh fuck there's loads of live shows on yeah here. like I can, um, I can really get in like delve deep yeah into yeah there's loads of stuff and what happened was i think i think roly put on um at the drive-in at um big day out yeah i think it was 2004 and there's a, like a really infamous bit where he's like barring at the um at the crowd and he's like, there's people crowd surfing. He's like, yo, you didn't, you're you didn't learn that. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're all I sheep. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and then he says, this one's dedicated to Marky Smith and the fall. If you don't know who the fall are, then you're listening to too much hip hop and heavy metal. And I was like, fucking hell. Like I'm that's like to too much hip hop and heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I was like, I'm definitely listening to too much hip hop, like smoking a joint. Like, <laughs> I was just uh, putting my joint out like, Oh fuck, maybe I am hitting this shit too hard. Like, yeah. Um, but, and then from then, from there, I was like, there must be something to this. There must be a reason why a band like At The Drive-In who have this insane, insanely cathartic, f- frantic stage show, why they would be banging on about the fall. So I got Roly, who was uh, a bit of a, a thief when it came to music, to just download their entire back We're talking about the Napster years, are we? Oh, yeah, the Pirate Bay years. I can, hear, I can hear Lars coming. <laughs> right coming in out of time. But... Um, <laughs> There's a knock at the door when it's really slow and um, uh, disjointed. But yeah, and then, do you know what? I can't even, I can't tell you what album it was that I listened to first. Or I remember hearing um, songs like uh, Bingo Masters Breakout, uh, Totally Wired, um, Industrial Estate, uh, in Victoria. Just all these kind of like little bits of brilliance and a lot of people who are fans of the four will tell you that they don't know what it is they don't know how it happened or what it was that made it happen but something just clicked and then once that once that click was in place there was no going back and and that's kind of what happened with me I just kind of I'm not I'm not um as like we mentioned earlier uh Jake and um Ash from Sugar Horse are way, way more into the fall than, than I am. They would consider me, as I said before, a dilettante, but um, they know how many members they've had, what years they were in. They've read all of the other members' books about how awful Marky Smith was. They know like what jacket Brick Smith was wearing when they appeared on the tube and all Is that. that like, like, really... mind. What's your yeah. what's your topic in the fall? Yeah, really. I think Jake in particular like, Ashley knows his stuff about the fall. Um, but I think Jake in particular is is really, really knowledgeable about their back catalogue. Whereas I have my kind of favorite albums and my favorite songs, and um I've been, always been enamored by him as a kind of um curmudgeon and his kind of absolute 
refusal to conform or uh, compromise in, in any way, shape or form. And in terms of influence, we don't really sound like the fool, you know, there's not, um, you could never listen. There's not a single song we've ever done where you could go, Oh, actually that sounds like the, like a fall song, Hmm. but it's that, it's that. It's almost like the swagger, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. It's, it's like that. So you don't, you don't care. Like like Marky Smith, he didn't care. Like from all the stuff that I've read about in the past, he didn't care. He was, he was the fall and whatever he wanted to do, came out on a record or on a single or on a live mm. show and, and then yeah. everything sort of just amalgamated its way around it. Is that fair? Are you, are you yeah. trying to tell me that you might be Marky e. Smith? But No, <laughs> absolutely not. He, by all accounts, by every single account, he was a, he was a terrible human being. Mm. But um, what, what, what I'm saying is, is that I, what I take from them and him it's just this this fuck you there's a fuck you to the fore and and i take that on stage with me i, I mean i don't know if you've seen me warming up I, I warm up for a show like i'm about to have a fight which is ironic because i've never had a professional fight in my life or anything like that <laughs> not a professional uh, one it's only no a prof- <laughs> not a professional one but i've seen and the fights that i have been in i've not fucking been able to jump around for 10 minutes <laughs> geeing myself up for them yeah, they've like- been very kind of it's yeah. like, okay, it's like, okay, mate, just give me 10. Let me stretch. Let me unbutton yeah. my work shirt. Yeah. And, uh... What are you looking at? I'm looking at you. Now, give me five minutes. Like, I'm going <laughs> to <Yeah>. just <laughs> limber up limber a little up. bit. No, I, I, I get ready for a show. And I remember talking to like loads of people about, uh, loads of friends of mine about this. My attitude when I, before I go on stage is fuck you, fuck everyone. Mm. Fuck, like if you don't like this and fuck you. And if you do like it, fair enough, welcome <laughs> to the family. But yeah. any, so it's almost like a defense mechanism and, and that carries over into the music. Caprice or Chante for me was like, fuck all these bands that are bigger than us. All these bands that get fucking loads of press, fucking labels, money, all that shit. Fuck you guys. Like this is, we are going to places that you haven't got the balls to go like that's what that's where we're going and that comes from it comes from the fall it comes from like i'm gonna do exactly what the fuck i want to do whenever the fuck i want to do it and no one can tell me otherwise and if we don't become successful because of it then fuck you you know (laughs) you just alluding back to the whole you were talking about st pierre your original plan was three albums and and yeah and that's it well I mean, I kind of want you to have the idea of the Marquis Smith thing because I've written down how many records there are yeah. that have been involved here. And it's th- as of right now, which is 25th of March, 2021, 32 studio records, which yeah. is, I'm pretty sure status quo don't have that many. They're no. on, there's 55 compilation albums that that's just ones that have been signed off by Marquis yeah. Smith that said he's okay to be on. They've had 66 members. Yeah. More than, I would say, most bands have of fans that's uh, that's I, honestly i grew i grew up near villages that had smaller le- less people than that, yeah. <laughs> there's 52 just live albums let's just say like official yeah. live albums as well yeah. and i've just read that um uh, just after he passed away in 2018 marky smith this is um the record label announced that they've purchased the rights to have another 40 falls out of fall albums wow. like to release yeah, in like a box set which yeah that's, that's insane like i mean i was in a band and we released one ep and i struggled to remember the words to half of those and can you yeah, imagine yeah. having let's say an average of 10 tracks a record yeah like yeah you've got to have it's got to be a different type of person I mean, especially with the that 
the obviously known alcohol abuse and all that sort of stuff that people mm. seem to allude to with him as well that maybe that helped in some way i'm not saying that should help yeah. in any way but that must have had something to do with it well, but i think i think he always saw it like i don't know and maybe maybe i'm wrong he always i i always saw with him or felt with him that the new members were like a new battery almost you know what i mean so Possibly he would just get gave these, him that extra juice like. yeah he, he would get these people in because he's not you know you you would always say like he doesn't he doesn't like musicians he didn't like musicians you know <laughs> hated hated guitarists hated drummers you know hated bass players just didn't like musicians and he wasn't a musician um so he you know very little if any of of the um stuff was was musically was written by him so we'd get these new people in and then there's all these new ideas and for them you know like we said with Sanjay and Pete coming in it's it's someone new who hasn't had to go through the grind that we have and the endless disappointments and and the endless um, you know countless ups as well they're new people in and they want to attack it and you can feed off that and I think I think that's why why they had that longevity was because of so many members like I think you just had new people in new ideas and you either go, they either in a band until they run out of ideas, ideas, or they realize that they should be getting paid more. And Mark's getting paid loads more than everyone else, you know. I think there was a statistic I saw um, scrolling through the Wikipedia page about how like 75% of members of the fall were, weren't in the band for longer than a year, like combined, yeah, which, like is, that, yeah. which is insane. And I think what's lovely, people create those... Um, it's like a diagram of who was in a band and when I'm pretty sure the most famous one is someone did one with the mm. sugar babes and like, they were all like this, yeah. this crazy thing, but I can imagine that one of the fall, you know, it probably takes your computer about an hour and a half to load it up just to, to see. Uh, yeah. It looks, I think, I think there are, I think there is one. And I think it, it looks like a map of the London underground. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I've personally never gotten into the fall, but um, from uh, what you sort of explained with, it's not necessarily just the music. I suppose it's everything that surrounds the idea of, of a band. Yeah. That sort of statue. Yeah. I feel really shitty having not gotten into them considering I, I you know, you talk about Ash and the guys in Sugar Horse, and I bet there's countless other bands within our music scenes and, and that sort of, yeah. probably uh, say every band that would play Arctangent or 2000 Trees will have something to say about the fall. And I've yeah. just disparaged myself against all of them now by not having anything to say. Wow. Look, it's, 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 it's not, a, it's, not um, it's not an easy thing. I suppose I would liken it to you're either, you know, like watching foreign films with, uh, with subtitles you either have people who are really into it or just mm. can't do it at all yeah. um and i think that's what it is with the fall like you've got a you've got to jump in you've got to jump in and commit some time to it and it might happen or it might not um because it is i've had i've asked i've had i've had people ask me what do you like about the fall what is it about their music and it's like i can't tell you <laughs> just I can't, I can't i can't yeah even the ones where like they're guitars are completely purposely out of tune mm. and it sounds horrible and like it's recorded inside a mouse's ass <laughs> it, it, um it's there's still something magical about it and mm. just kind of i don't know pl- there's a playfulness to it and there's an uh, there's an abandon to it it's just yeah i like i like it it's just yeah i don't know but yeah uh-huh. i would i if very quickly i would say You've got like Live at the Witch Trials, which is the first album. You've got Grotesque, which is a great album, Perverted by Language. Uh, and then um, 
one of my favorites is um i am curious orange i love that album um then the sex induction hour which is one of their most famous and then there's a few few ones from like later on um uh imperial wax solvent i think it's called it's a really good album and then well probably one of my favorite ones is an older one which is um, a newer one sorry which is called your future our clutter i started, did and start I think listening to that earlier earlier on just before we did this yeah it's just um it's it's great and then there's another one what's it called hang on i did write it i always forget there's this one of their if you're like a four fan uh it's called blindness where it's just this eight minute baseline which is basically witness the fitness by <laughs> roots maneuver it's just it's exactly the same as that and nice. but i can never remember what album it's on it's on i can't remember We'll have to ask the guys in Sugar Horse. We'll do a, a mastermind yeah. thing where you can ask the questions and we'll uh, we'll test them. We'll test yeah, them there's loads. Yeah, there's loads. Other ones I would recommend that you check out: Country on the Click and the Marshall Suite as well, and an extra cut. They're all um, really good albums. I feel so. like I'm going to have to ask you to create a Google Doc for me, and in yes. the synopsis for this, I'm going to put that in there so everyone can be like do their homework before they sit and listen to yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great, like yeah, some great albums, really good albums. So. And moving on from the fall, because I feel like if we did a whole, th- there should be a series on from '76 to well, Marky Smith's death and afterwards, I suppose. But yeah. moving on from the fall, yeah. now this is a band that I only discovered today, thanks to you. And I, I say thanks to you, I genuinely mean thanks to you, because I listened to this yeah. this record. I said it took me three hours to listen to it due to doing it in between, supposed to be doing yeah. my actual job. Um, by a band uh, from Texas, I believe. Is it called The Paper Chase? No, not from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. From right down in front of me. John Congleton. It sounds, about, it sounds about right. Yes, Texas. Sorry, I think there's another band that's off in Texas. Yes, so I'm glad I got that right because I didn't have to edit that out. Hi, everyone. Um, but yeah, uh, the album Hide the Kitchen Knives is like mm-hmm. specifically, I guess, is what you wanted to to talk about. Now, yeah. Um, we had a good chat about John Congleton before this because when I looked at the list on his Wikipedia page, if anyone can be asked to go on there, the acts that this man has worked with, <laughs> it, it's, it. it's almost like someone's falsified it it's that good. Like the list of people yeah. on there. Um, like we were saying, like bands like Franz Ferdinand who's worked with Brian Wilson. Um, yeah. And you said he may have worked with Madonna at some point as well. Uh, I'm you know, pretty sure. Just... Uh, it might be Kylie Minogue. I remember, I remember looking through that because I, I um, naively was once thought, oh, maybe I'll go and do an album with John Congleton. That'd be great. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but then I was like, oh, he's fucking worked with like, Kylie Minogue I'm never that's never happening <laughs> I mean to be fair he's, he's worked with some bands I bet there's bands on here that, that you and I could quite easily just try and get in touch with Blood Red Shoes um, yeah. I'm sure that we have to you know we're probably one email address away from getting in touch with people like that yeah. so don't rule it out yeah. just yet but yeah this record um, I normally if I don't have time to listen to it, I'm really crap at getting back on it and I made sure I made my way all the way through this album um, it's you, you, you take it away. You, you you describe how what this record sort of means to you and how it goes by, and, and we'll sort of yeah go on it from there. It's um, it's a, it's an album. It's one of those ones that I remember. Like I say, I remember exactly where I was the first time I heard the, the Paper Chase, and I know it. I know the story of how I came to know about the the Paper Chase, and um, it's just a, 
I've, I've spoken about this on several occasions about there are certain bands or certain artists who sit within a, a genre and the music is so good that it kind of transcends the genre that they're in. So for example, mm-hmm. I would say like Meshuggah, Meshuggah for me. Your favorite band, are, Meshuggah. Well, fucking one of my favorite yeah. bands. When I listen to Meshuggah, I don't hear an extreme mm. fucking heavy metal band. I just hear art. When I listen to The Chariot, I hear art. When I listen to Radiohead, I hear art. You know, yeah. And with The Paper Chase, this album in particular, when I listen to it, I just hear... I just hear like this celebration of creativity and this like amazingly finely tuned imagination, not just for structure or dynamics, but just the, the overall picture of, of what an album is. I think, I think he produced it himself and every little, there's just, it seems like, every single bit of this album is exactly where he heard it and intended it to be. There's just not, and that's not to say it's a precise album in terms of like, oh, no, it's, it's very poly- disjointed, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Like, yeah. It's not a, I said to you, like I, I sent it to a, a colleague at work who likes Rihanna and Ed Sheeran and, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Swing and a miss. The, the, description of the band is and this is direct lifted from uh, all music it's a, a jagged structure of avant-garde jazz noise indie and punk and i think that's pretty much perfect for this yeah. this record uh, yeah there's j- disjointed jangly piano riffs yeah. there's this really like abstract guitar sound pretty much the whole of the way through that's probably yeah. the one thing other than the sort of the vocal style the one thing that really does draw a line across the whole record is that yeah art of- his you see you love you love a lot don't you from i yeah he like it's um i you know yeah like house parties or something or your you know what, i can't remember those? one of those yeah <laughs> yeah but they're back in it back in like 1982 when i was not born <laughs> but i've still got house parties but uh you know even you know even i remember first when i got to know that like a devs from idols is one of my best mates and we bonded over listening to you know bands like mccluskey and what have you and mm-hmm. The paper chase. Whenever I'm at a house party with people who I know are in for like alternative music and rock music, and you're doing YouTube kind of, you know, oh yeah, the, it's like oh let the, me put the track on next. Like. Yeah, you're doing the puff the, the 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 YouTube version of Puff Puff Give. You get a song, yeah. you pass it on. You get a song, you pass it on. Hmm. Invariably, I will if I'm surrounded by people like that who are into that music, I will put the paper chase on hmm. and without fail the reaction is what the fuck is this what the fuck is this and and in part it's because of how he plays guitar uh, the, you know the, the production and stuff is something that you have to, you have to really put... in the first place i guess to yeah yeah want to but, but yeah that yeah the first thing the first thing that strikes you is is, is the guitar and i think the first song is kind of like avant-garde almost vaudevillian i'd say it's kind of it's like a sounds like a musical to, to me it sounds like the start of a film or start mm-hmm. of like a really like tim burton-esque film mm-hmm. without a cheese um and then it goes into um this fucking i can't remember, i can't remember the, the name of uh, of the song but it's this guitar riff it's like there's a piano stab and then this 
discordant high-pitched guitar and I remember the first time hearing it's like what is that noise how is he doing that like how do you make that how do you make a guitar do that and what's really apparent is as well is that you can tell that he's not using effects yeah it's not it's not an effects pedal that's making that noise it's how he's playing it yeah and um and it's just one of the most what i love about it is that it's him i'd ne- i've never heard guitar played like that and maybe maybe this is just me not having good enough reference points i'll 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 go that far there could be bands that i've not heard that he's lifted that from but yeah. from from my perspective i have never heard anyone play guitar like that mm-hmm. and i and i as try as i as i have i cannot get anywhere near it it's just <laughs> you have to hear it. it's it's just uh, it's otherworldly like and not in like it's a really fun- hard to find oh i say it's really hard to find it's not hard to find it's on youtube but yeah um unless i mean i'm pretty sure they don't allow you to listen to songs on your phone and close it now so that's out of the picture it's not yeah. on spotify i think it might be on Bandcamp. Yeah. um but if you if anyone is listening yeah the knives by paper chase hunt it down anyway but yeah you can get it on youtube it's um i think dev's got my copy of it quick <laughs> um but, um but yeah it's it's on youtube they've got all on Spotify. They've got every single one of the paper chase albums apart from hide the kitchen knives. Yeah. And I have no idea what that is, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be for everyone. Like, no, well, is, that's is, it, I guess, cause you and I were like, we appreciate the same type of music. The bands that you sent me today, I mean, let the fall slide because like it's not yeah. it's it's too too yeah. early doors to, uh, to, yeah, to yeah. get into that. But yeah, yeah. a lot of these bands, which are, I won't sort of spoil them as they go, but, they've got um, a weirdness to them mm. in their own sort of lovely way that works really well with this band as well. So like, you yeah. can tell where, I mean, I, I alluded to you earlier on when we were just sort of talking about doing this was a lot of the sounds like USA nails and blacklisters yeah. and a lot of no- noise bands, I suppose that side yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of sounds, not so much vocal lines, but guitar noises mm. and bass yeah. and things a lot there. Um, bands like uh, Me Without You, that was mm. my first my first thought. And I'm not a big Me Without You fan, not yeah. in like a, oh, I hate that band, I want to it. But I've heard enough of them to go, right, I can see where this vocal line yeah. from this Me Without You song has not been lifted, but it's hard to not like draw a, a comparison yeah. between them. That's to be fair, that's, that's I, I'll, I'll correct myself. There have been occasions when I've, said oh you should listen to the paper chase and then people have listened to it and and then referenced me without you and i, I remember listening to it a little bit and be like oh yeah actually that does ring ring um, i think it's that sort of like midwest emo vocal but not like not like american football but like no. the the heavier side to that midwest yeah. sort of thing that came out but yeah i mean it's a it's a hard listen in a good way yeah um, yeah, yeah i've had chats with people in the past about like bands like the mars volta Mm. um and you know you go on like about radiohead as well it's the same like yeah. to me you albums by bands like that and this is one of those where you have to sit and you have to have your overhead headphones on yeah you have to turn the lights off and you have to like you don't just mm. pick a track you you embrace yeah, you got, it as like yeah. a thing like you said it's art really yeah and um, yeah. and it shows like the expressionism in um in sort of the band from there and, and how uh it's sort of how John Congleton has gone on to do so much with so many other bands. Yeah. 
I mean, I bet we can sit and listen to Blood Red Shoes stuff, or like I said, uh, probably somewhere if he's done Kylie Minogue, I'm going to find that out. Yeah. Um, but with things like that, but you could sit and listen to it and hear a tiny little bit in a track somewhere that he's taken from the, these these records or the stuff yeah. the paper chase. Um, bands like, I'm looking at the list now, I'm cheating here, guys, but I, I have to look <laughs> at the list because it's insane. Um you know the war on drugs bands like that i bet he's gone oh listen to this record handed in the paper chase record and gone you know what do you what yeah. do you think what shall we how, how do we do it because you mentioned yeah. um at the very beginning of this podcast that you you started writing with more space in your music which yeah. to musician to non-musician sorry i think that's quite a strange term but mm. for, for for any musicians or big music fans listening that's what this album is it's yeah humongous in sound yeah. from top to bottom from yeah up to this really jangly horrible percussion but that's it it's the thing it is and it and most of, like the thing is it's big but with this album probably more than any other album that I've, I've listened to or paid attention to i should say this is the album that i've definitely thought about these things it sounds massive but it also when you when you're lying there like you say your eyes closed listening to it it sounds like you're in the room and that Rick, you can picture when that p- little high pitch piano staccato piano comes in, it sounds like it's been played on a, you can picture the rickety old piece of shit piano. Yeah. That he's banging <laughs> it out on, do you know what I mean? You can hear the bits where there's like brass stabs to fill out the bass or these baritone sax. Mm. Um, you can hear them. In this fuck it, it like in a dust under a dusty shelf with spiders hanging down from it's just it's just so kind of and it, all of that's meant to be like yeah that's the thing like this could be um I, I, I we're talking about John Congleton like we know him I'd love to know him it'd be absolutely fucking oh, fantastic yeah. but I bet you in his head he didn't think he'd be working with these acts or or it wasn't necessarily in the plans to be working with all these acts that we can mm. read from this list yeah but, um having and, the escapism of being able to do what he did before with the music must be like phenomenal um I mean, yeah. it's almost like you could probably work with a record with someone let's just pick another name i'm just trying to name drop as many people as i possibly yeah. can on this i think it'd be fantastic to get any of them to say anything cloud nothings there's a there's a band yeah. that, um probably similar to or if not along the same thing i bet he could do something with them in the studio and they could go oh i don't really fancy doing that and he's go that's okay because i've already done it on the paper chase record yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or like I- a little piece. Of, I don't know what his story is. I don't know how he um, went from making this really avant-garde, angular, alt-rock music to producing St. Vincent and all that, but and on all these kind of bigger names um, in the alternative music scene. But a little piece, of, I really, like a little bit of me just hopes that they're all just there because of Hide the Kitchen Knives. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. This, this, this broad spectrum, even like Madonna, or if it is Madonna, whoever the fuck it is, or, you know, Cher. Um, <laughs> just like, just like you know, oh yeah, John, I've listened to Hide the Kitchen Knives and I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, and it's just like, it's fucking, you have such a command of a room in terms of production and sound. I'd like you to do my album, and like that's, you know, I'm sure that's not the case, but it'd be be so nice if it was, you know. No, what they do is they go, "Hi, I've got money. Do you want to do this record?" Like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I got, got money. Are you free? Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go back to say thank you for obviously introducing me to that record because I want when I've got the time, I want to sit and listen to it nonstop without yeah. being interrupted by some of the lovely people I was speaking to on the phone yeah. all day today. And um, and just just very quickly to finish and then like you know. 
in terms of it that like i said we, there's not much you can't you won't hear much of the paper chase in our music um you can hear little bits of it in the plain views that that the band i'm in with the guys from idols but in, again that, that little that, band. yeah little band that you might have heard of um uh they similar with the fall the, the fall was about that fuck you thing with this it was it's the uniqueness of this album this sense of this is me and this is my band and this is how we sound and there is nothing else like this. That's kind of, that's what I take from this album. This, the sense of being able to sit down and go, I don't sound like my peers. I don't sound, I'm not trying to fit into a box for success is what I take from this album. And I, and I think if there are musicians out there who listen to this, like that, it's a really important thing. And, it's a running theme through the the bands that we're going to talk about. They have that, but this album in particular is just it's just so uniquely John Congleton that it's uh, it's just fathom like it blows the mind, you know. Nice. Well, the next band I'm going to bring up um, this goes on to the whole again another band with lots of members that mm. have sort of gone on their way. Um, this band, I believe, are from Texas as well. I remembered that straight. Off. No, they're from Georgia. They're from Georgia. Yes, yeah, I got it wrong. Atlanta. I knew I had one yeah. wrong on the other way around. But um, it's the chariot. Who? Mm. I mean, if anyone has got you on any social medias or anything, you bang on about the chariot quite a lot. Uh, yeah. And uh, this is another one of those bands that they've been on my radar for quite a while, but I've never sat down and listened to them. I think I've been more into mm. like Dillinger Escape Plan that side to it. Yeah. Uh, and it was a pleasure to listen to him today. Um, it's a completely different beast to the Paper Chase and the Fall. Um, yeah very aggressive in a good way um yeah. but yeah take it away because i know you big big fan of this band i i am yeah i am i um i don't know where to start with them they're just i mean again i think he keeps cropping up you might know that i'm friends with ashley tub from sugar horse <laughs> and if you don't know sugar horse you should check them out but he Absolutely. and i again yeah we we bond we we became friends talking about the fall and weirdly enough the chariot as well he loves he loves the chariot and um and we are both we're not hardcore aficionados by any stretch of the imagination but the, the chariot are the greatest hardcore band of all time and long live is the is the greatest hardcore album of all time i okay, mean well, Jane, should we just stop yeah. there yeah it just <laughs> is you know i mean they have other great albums war rumors of war is an it's a fantastic album. That's the one that I listened to today. I just want to say that when I asked you to send me a, a you know a list of a couple of records yeah. to listen to, you basically just told me to listen to all of them. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like really a, a standout one, but I listened to War and Rumors of War and yeah, it's, it's nuts. That first song, if if you've if anyone that doesn't know the Chariot to begin with, if there's a the first song on that album which is called Teach, um, there's a a video that their official video for that is like um you know bands when they haven't got much time to do a music video or budget they just do a live one where it's just footage of them playing live yeah. and fuck my life if you're in a band and you're thinking about doing that watch this video and then know that you will never in your life get anywhere fucking near <laughs> anywhere near conveying what you think you your band does live by once you've watched this. There's no way they are literally hanging from the fucking rafters upside down. They are like, it's just 
a celebration of chaos and and love and this is a weird thing you know they're all fucking devout christian guys yeah and, that's, that's um, a strange thing like obviously a yeah absolutely respectable thing but yeah yeah very strange thing when uh i was reading up about them earlier on it's like the lead singer mm. was in norma jean yeah just uh, in. Yeah. they say like christian hardcore act mm. um now i'm gonna just quickly i've got a friend who does another podcast that talks about like I, i'm in no way religious at all yeah uh, I've got utmost respect for anyone who has any faith in their life. Mm. And there's another podcast that my friend Steve does that about dissecting um, worship and stuff and how he has a lot of Christian hardcore bands on there as well. Oh, really? And until I had a conversation with him a couple of weeks back, um, that to me wasn't a thing. Like worship no, music yeah. is, you've got pedal boards bigger than the car you turn up in mm. and, you know, everything is perfect. And you've all got in-ear monitors and it's like the most perfect music in the world. Yeah, it's yeah, it's clean. Then getting to bands like, under oath and like pod and i know the new metal thrown in there mm. but um you start listening to the chariot you don't get like oh there's really none nice, up there nice christian boys from down the road like no uh, you don't and he he sounds like when he screams it sounds like the devil yeah. but 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 it sounds like the devil in the body it sounds like the devil has possessed a preacher from Atlanta, Georgia, and he's just going for it. Like it's just, it's one. It's I, 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 I'm not ashamed to say. Like I'm emotionally unstable anyway. Like fuck, I'm like I, I cry at the drop of drop of a hat. But I listen to the chariot and cry sometimes. It's that I'm, I'm fucking welling up thinking about it now. I genuinely, it's just absolute expression and joy and and with him not not only is it his voice the power in his voice but it's actually he, his creativity he writes I, I didn't know this so recently he writes the josh goggin he writes mo, most of the chariot stuff he writes for the 68 now as well but but it's just the imagination on that on that guy and to take the the jarring things like some of this absolute pummeling brutality and then when it's finished, it segues seamlessly into this beautiful harp-led like composition with like picked harps and breathy vocals. He has choirs on it. That's you know like um, Capri Soch- uh, Our album Capri Sochante has a, a um, male Welsh voice choir, hmm. uh, a Welsh male voice choir. Sorry, which is directly a, an influence from. Um, from from a chariot and it's just they're just what you think a hardcore band should be very similar to like what the armed are trying to do now the chariot were doing back in the day where that there are no fucking rules to that band like this just and and there's and that to me is one of the the most beautiful things to be completely creatively liberated and and to just go i'm gonna do whatever i want and it doesn't matter like and it makes it makes me feel good. The, the first um, band on this list, I would say, and I, I hope you agree with me on this, and also please feel free to disagree with me. This that you can hear in your music, yeah. Um, like you have a powerful voice, like mm. you, you do, but Amy, oh yeah, just uh, just send out loud to everyone, guys. You all have a powerful, voice. <laughs> oh yeah. You have an incredibly yeah. powerful voice, and you can hear that oh, from. Thank you. Does that come? So this sounds like a really stupid question now, and it's come up in my head. But have you always had a voice like that, or? did it come from listening to bands like the chariot or bands like Dillinger escape plan and that sort of metalcore side to it? Cause let's be mm. honest, that's hardcore in his essence, in its essence music. 
uh, comes from like your punk and stuff, and his Led yeah, yeah. metalcore pulls it even more to the extreme yeah. sides to it. Did you listen to bands like this and then discover that's kind of like what I want to sound like? Or have you had this picture in your head that when you write some lyrics down, they're not like happy, jolly, I'm going to sing these over the microphone. Yeah. Da, 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 da. They're, they're the energy and the power. Um, yeah. I, it's, um, I, I knew, um, I've put you on the spot there and I, I realized. No, like, it's, no, 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 it's fine. It's, it's fine. I, like I've spoke, you know, my, my voice, um, it's something people talk about quite, or ask me about quite a bit because it's not, as you said, that you know, I, I, I don't particularly think my voice is that power, that powerful. But I, um, I, what I, I will say is that I know that I, when I scream and bellow, I don't sound like um, a lot of those heart, like those bands that we've we've mentioned. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a little bit more of my speaking voice in yeah, yeah. what I'm what I'm doing. It's like it's that Merthyr accent's coming out. Yeah, Merthyr accent. <laughs> fortunately, yeah. It's um, you know, there's there's a there. I, you know, again, it's something that I've I've I'm proud of is that like I have my own kind of voice. Um, but that said, early Saint Pierre, when I was writing. I wrote lyrics and heard Keith Buckley's voice singing them. Like, you know, when I wrote some of the lyrics for Caprice, um, like Omens, for for example, I heard Josh Goggin mm. singing that. You know, that's why, yeah. I, like, that's why I was saying earlier, we, Jamie Lemon sings those parts because I was like, right, I can hear Josh Goggin singing that or s- screaming that, mm. and there's no fucking way I'm going to get him to do it. So... <laughs> I mean, so Jane, probably Jamie Lenman will have to do. You know, I know like, it's like uh, legend as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> who, fuck, who the fuck? Who do I know who's got a really deep? Because I don't have a deep voice, and I can't, I can't do those really guttural growls. Who do I know? It's like, go well, get oh, fucking. Oh, who do you know? Who's doing our album? Oh, it's only Jamie Lenman's fucking producer. Let's, <laughs> let's just, we'll ask, we'll ask him. But yeah, so it's my voice has kind of kind of come around from like trial and error, just trying trying to do those things, but not having and not having the technique not knowing the technique um i saw um ash from sugar horse so i keep mentioning him he when he started like he want he asked me for tips on screaming and i was like look i'm i'm not the guy for that um i gave him some tips on on breathing um but he then went on and like looked at loads of videos on how to scream and his scream came on loads and loads and loads and it's it's sensational now like his 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 voice is 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 so they, I watched them on the, I watched the whole of that live stream yeah. uh, that you did, which was the yeah. animal, the animal theme live stream, the accidental yeah. animal theme live stream. Um, Lining sharks were fucking good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. But yeah, sugar horse. Um, wow, right. Fucking tell you. I know I've we been... keep mentioning, them, but we need to like let's yeah, uh, let's like, do it. Shall we do it? So, should we do, do it? Let's, do, let's give them a minute or two. But okay, yeah, we'll, give I, them, we'll give them a minute or two. So, um. Ash has always Ash has always thought that I've hated his band from from day one, from day one. And like you know, when in the early days, I really I really liked them, I really liked them. But you know, they were they were starting out. They were still, you know, they were still finding their way. He still always had a sense of himself, which is something that he and I are really, as you can probably tell, because we've spoken about it for the last hour. It's <laughs> it's really important to us. Our um, hierarchy of needs creatively is more about having something which is our own as opposed yeah. to getting bigger so his um 
his progression as a songwriter and as a as a singer and as a screamer and them as a band over the last two or three years has been in, in, insane and to the point where I've been saying like you know saying to friends like fucking you gotta watch you gotta watch that watch out for these guys man because like they're coming and well, no you, one you knows can't that ignore them let's put it that way you, they're, they're fucking like you know they just got they just started getting this abrasiveness this heaviness they were always heavy anyway but in the last two or three years this is they've just there's been a tweak and i don't know what it is i don't know where it's come from but he's ash and it'll pain it'll pain him to hear me praise him his songwriting <laughs> his, his songwriting has become more refined over the last two or three years and and through us talking about bands like the chariot and long live in particular he's taken a lot of influence from that and his his understanding of dynamic and and how to build a song and how to do journeys like whereas for me caprice is a, as an album is a journey with sugar horse a fucking song which is sometimes 10 or 12 minutes yeah. long is like that it's like a mini album um and and that all again all comes from from the same well, from many of the same places. And they're a fucking brilliant band and you should definitely check them out if you haven't. There so. you go. There's the plug. And I can yep. wholeheartedly agree with you on yep. every single one of those statements there. But yep. let's quickly go back onto The Chariot then just yep. before we move on to a, another little band that seems to be an incredibly <laughs> huge part of your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's another one. Thank you for introducing me to The Chariot because it, yeah. I'm so, so shit at listening to music. I I, I yeah. pretend I listen to loads of music, but I really don't want to do is I just wing it as I go along, kind of like... Sort yeah, of yeah, life. but I, that's um, what I do, yeah. Some of their their, their records, um, obviously everyone, you should should really check them out and stuff, but when was that the... You, you said you can remember the first time you listened to The Paper Chase and remember the first yeah. time you saw The Fall. Where was the first time you... I am... Um, if you can put your there was, on it. Do you know what? There was a... It was in. It was when I lived in Real, and there was a there was an app on the phone. It wasn't. It was. It was pre Spotify. It was something. It wasn't like Deezer, but it was something like that. Or it was something like uh, it was a radio one, like Last FM or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Is it where you you listen to a band and then it gives you other bands? bands that I like, like other bands. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think I've been listening to um, Every Time I Die or something like that. Hmm. And then um, the fiance came on. Um, by the chariot and I was, I was like what the fuck is this and you're right like you know the the definitely i've i took you know ungraciously have taken ideas directly from from that album mm-hmm. um i have yeah it's, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie about it i've reimagined some some of some of their their riffs and done them in a way where you can hear it but it isn't a direct kind of yeah. uh, rip off. Or, and basically, what I'm saying is, I've ripped the cherry off. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no, it's so undeniable. I've ripped the cherry off. You know, but like I said to you and uh, earlier, Ash and I have fucking pillaged those albums. But yeah, I remember you know and listening to them, and then uh, the fiance, and then War and Room, War and Rumors of War came next, and I was just blown away with it. And then, um, and then the next one I heard was. Um, long live and i remember listening to long live and just being like this is just just how in the fucking world have you come up with this how have you fucking come up with this it's just 
madness, like total madness. It's I can't. I genuinely. I again. I'm probably going to start fucking crying. It's just it does. <laughs> it does. It honestly. I'm soft as shit when it comes to stuff like this. But it's just yeah. It makes stuff like that. That album, and I'll say it categorically. That album makes me feel happy to be alive. Like I'm happy that I live in a world in which the in which the chariot recorded long live because if you're an aspiring musician with any sense of self or any sense of um exploration or wonder uh, in in songwriting you should listen to that album and it will tell you doesn't matter what kind of music you're in it will tell you that the only rules that apply are the rules that you set yourself like mm-hmm. there are no that you can do whatever the fuck you want and if it makes you happy and it makes you feel something, then fuck everyone else. Right? And and thank God for fucking everyone else while you're at it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Can I just so say, you... this is the best TED talk I've ever been to. <laughs> it is that though, you know, it's just that I'm not, I, 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 this, al- this album, Long Live, touched me so much. I'm not, I've never told anyone this. I cried listening to it in Manchester when my wife lived there. I got pissed and listened to it, started crying and started writing a letter to Josh Goggin to tell him how fucking, uh, like, how moved I was. I, like, like what we were talking about, I'm not, in, I'm not at all religious, but this album, your voice, what you're saying just moves me and that's a beautiful thing regardless of i don't connect to the message it just moves me and um and if and if you're in any way over dramatic and over sensitive and like i am <laughs> you you have to kind of if you've got any kind of um sense of wanting your music to connect with people that is just you know it's outstanding so you so. carry on like this damien people aren't going to be afraid of you anymore Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I'm fucking. I soft as shit. So soft as shit. Yeah. Right. Before you do start crying, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on to the final band. Um, yeah, it, it's McCluskey. I don't yeah. really know how to. It's McCluskey. Like, yeah. What more can we say? You've brought them up a couple of times, like, yeah, subconsciously over the past hour and mm. eight minutes. I think we're on now. But yeah. Um. I love McCluskey. I've told you about my runnings with accidental runnings with Falco and and, yeah. and seeing you play with them. Then also seeing you at St. Pierre with Future of the Left and then sort of yeah. that, how that's going and stuff. But um, before we talk about you being in McCluskey, which is nuts for me yeah. at least. Like, you said it, not me. That's, yeah. that's the first. <laughs> you are on the Wikipedia page though. Uh, oh, so yeah, nice. you're not there as a, as the members, but someone someone has lovingly put you as a member of McCluskey. Well, they need to sort that out because we've released the song now. So I'm technically, you know, so I'm, I'm technically, I'm an official member now. So guys, well, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll get onto uh, Mr. Wikipedia and we'll make sure you get on there. But yeah, yeah McCluskey. Thank you. Um, yeah. Start us off. Go on. Where, where do you want to start? Well, with? I mean, you know, uh, it's quite a weird story, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's defined my life like this bar it sounds weird but it's defined my life like it has you know in so many ways and in in so many kind of um abstract ways and and now in like physical tangible ways my life has been completely ruled by this band you know it's it's <laughs> I, it has it, you know i hold fucking, on you it has it changed you know we talk about albums like McCluskey do Dallas and I've again I've told this story so many times if I hadn't heard that album if Falco and John 
and Matt Hardin hadn't have written and recorded that album, I would not be in this room having a conversation with you right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Butterfly flaps its wings. Yeah, it's the truth. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, and it's weird to think that you know a fucking guy with daft sideburns from Newcastle as, as <laughs> Who's can a, have, he loves flares as well from what I've he, he did love, he did used to love a flare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a kebab, you know, admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, admittedly, uh, it was has had such a, a lasting and profound effect on my life, but he, he, he has, and they have. And, um, and yeah, again, you know, just of, just before we get into all, all the, or the dick tug in, um, like <laughs> they 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 tie in, like you know. I know that people are going to listen to these four bands and think, like, oh fucking. But maybe Paper Chase and McCluskey, you could say there's a connection there with the alt rock thing. But they're for they're four distinct bands and they have their own kind of uniqueness to them. And with McCluskey, that stood out for me. I was a big new metal kid. I loved you know, I was that age that I got sucked in. You know, I was fucking, I had Wes Borland posters. I still have a soft spot for Wes Borland. And his I, guitar uh, funny story, actually met Wes Borland in Cardiff, really? in Crane's Music once. Mm. Uh, and it was, so this is a tangent, sorry for everyone who's probably already no, heard no. this story before, but I was in the, the back room of Crane's, if anyone's aware of the music, it's just sadly not longer there anymore. Oh. Just trying out this guitar and messing around with a couple of pedals. And this guy poked his head around the corner. And for those of you who sort of know of Wes Borland, normally he's head to toe in paint. Yeah. So it's kind of hard unless you've seen him in any other sort of, uh, of his acts, don't recognize who he is. Um, and this guy popped his head around the corner and I sort of stared at him and it was Wes Ball and he stood and watched him play guitar for him. Now, I am all intents and purposes a shit guitarist, especially yeah, still- you and me both. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy in, in Cranes came in after like, I had a really nice chat with Wes and photograph and whatever. And then uh, the guy from Cranes came in and he goes, Oh, was that guy bothering you? And he goes, that guy was Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit. Like, yeah. what the fuck do you think? Uh, yeah. And uh, I can't remember this guy's name. It'd be bad of me for dropping name and drop because, oh, I'm a huge Limp Bizkit fan as well. And he chased him out of the shop and got him to come back into the shop to have a photograph oh, with him no. and sign the wall. And I was like, dude, the guy's here with his, I think he was there with his uh, fiance at the time. Yeah. And I was like, he's just literally looking at guitars and he wants to yeah. go home. And you've dragged him. I mean, for anyone who knows also Cranes, it's about 150 yards long, this shop was. So for him to yeah. get, look and chase him out of the shop, but yeah. I, I was into my, uh, my new metal and yeah, it was and quite a bizarre he, you know, moment. He, you know, you know, fucking off piece, but like he had a bit. You know, I was able to listen to Limp Biscuit, and all, I knew when I was fifteen that Fred Durst was full of shit, and it was awful. <laughs> I, it was awful. I knew he had terrible lyrics, and that um, that if there were instrumental versions of those songs, I would love to hear them. But um, <laughs> but it, it, so through that, his his guitar playing, and you know, he's some, you know, he's definitely like the simplicity and the creativity of mm. the way that Wes Borland plays guitar is something that has one hundred percent carried with me through through mm. my life. Like it's definitely and in, in so much in similar ways as as Falco, Falco, you know, everyone talks that you know, he's no, going to love to hear that, that, isn't he? Falco is just like Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit. No, I've said it. I've said. I've said. I've said it before, and he will be if he does listen to this. He'll be probably tutting or calling me like bullet tits or whatever it is, whatever weird, <laughs> whatever weird two words he wants to put together to insult me, like fucking cup face or you know like yeah mouse dick um whatever it is like it just yeah just like random you know rotos um um but yeah no it, it, falco and uh and west balling being very from very very different types of music have 
very similar styles in that when Falco plays guitar, you can tell it's him. Yeah, and when Wes, when, when, when Wes Borland plays guitar, you can tell it's him, mm-hmm. which is fucking, imagine that. Like, <laughs> imagine, well, Falco, imagine. Falco doesn't play guitar, does he? He attacks the guitar. Yeah, and yeah. That's how I thought, because uh, uh, we both know Andrew playing Bernie mm-hmm. from Music Box yeah. and Right Hand, Left Hand yeah, and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Um, I watched him do guitar taking Phil McCluskey and Future of the Left before. Yeah. And I've been staring at, again, pointing out, I'm a guitarist part-time, looking at the guitars that Falco plays. And there's probably maybe 70% of the strings are there. And I can never figure out what tunings they're all in and stuff like that. He's got, yeah. But, and that's, again, that's been, you know, a direct influence of why, like, if you look, I think during that live stream, I think, our old bassist put on there. That's he's like the beautiful thing about Saint Pierre is that they in in a ten song set they've got fifteen tunings, <laughs> 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 which is true. Like we've true. Like our our set list is just is ridiculous. The ridiculous tunings and that came you know not so much from Do Dallas but definitely from um, the difference um, the difference between uh, you and me and on fire. Um, yeah, there's loads of weird tunings on that, and and again it was just that kind of. I loved that album because it was not at all what I was expecting from mm. from McCluskey Do Dallas onto there. It was it was just again this kind of freedom where it was I could you can hear on that that he wasn't satisfied with just being like an alt rock band. He wanted mm. to do something which was further fetching. And I think Future Left is kind of I think if McCluskey hadn't split up, it probably would have become Future Left. Yeah, I think a lot um, of people do say that, or I think. I- yeah. I do remember. I'm sure Falco has like alluded to that at some yeah. point. Like, or there must have been the gap between McCluskey and Future of the Left. Whether yeah. or not it's like with Julia being in Million Dead at the time and stuff, and bringing yeah. that into Future of the Left from McCluskey and gluing it together. And that's not to say yeah. that Million Dead in any way sort of what's the word sort of like made Future of the Left happen. But yeah, but having had that and bringing it into it. They well, yeah, they had. But that's they had Kelson, uh, Kelson from Jar Crew initially was the was the first basis, and he kind of, I think he, you can, for me, I can hear in terms of like guitar and drums, you can hear future left, you can hear future left curses in in the in the third album, mm. but I think what Kelson did was kind of bring this like jar crew were kind of at a swagger there was a lot of groove to them mm-hmm. even though they're quite angular um but uh the i think he brought that funk element to it that dancier yeah. element to it but um but yeah i think it was there it, it was definitely there and you know um i'd look to go to go way back this the thing that struck me of other than how fucking funny his lyrics were. And I, how, I wanted to bring that up. His sense of humor is unbelievable. Yeah. Right. yeah. His, how, you know, how striking those lyrics were that, and, and how unlike anything I'd heard to that point, they were, that they, they were, they were just, I hadn't heard music that had that much personality in it before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had, I hadn't heard music that had wit and sarcasm and charm and intelligence before mm-hmm. and that's what was most striking because if i don't know you probably how old are you man 30 30 so it might you might have been a, maybe a bit young but around the time that mccluskey were getting big well not big but were getting 
noticed and I noticed them is probably a better way to put it. The time that I discovered McCluskey. Yeah. <laughs> I won't hell. edit that. Um, I'll leave that as it is. No, <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's so, he's so articulate that Damien. Yeah. <laughs> You've done well no. for an hour and 20, so we're doing good. Uh, that's good. That's, I like it. Um, I'm in my element, literally. Um, the, yeah. The, what struck me about them was that at around that time that was when new metal was big mm. and it and it seemed like in south wales in particular if you were in cardiff for long enough you would probably bump into someone who was in a heavy metal new metal band there yeah. were lots of like lost prophets and funeral friend honda mclean there was like um fucking there was just loads there was just yeah. that was it there was just loads of guys in baggy pants with tight blue t-shirts big fringes uh, you know, i'm not having a go at them i'm just saying like this is it was just yeah, an observation just, like that's, that was, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's how it was and then in in all of that you had mccluskey and jar crew in particular mccluskey that just stood out like a like a sore thumb and it was that was if i think if mccluskey hadn't if i hadn't heard mccluskey i probably would have continued down that new metal kind of humorless you would have got yourself well, a new era cap and you would have been fronting a new metal band or rap yeah probably probably yeah <laughs> probably i would have i would certain saint pierre certainly wouldn't sound the way i'd like to think that there are look let's be honest there are certain i think there are elements of new metal in what we do I, mm. whether i like that or not just be, <laughs> it's because it is because what well, i learned how to play guitar playing along to new metal yeah. albums yeah. and so there's definitely that simplicity is definitely in there um but um yeah it's just it it was when i because i was already writing songs but but at the time i heard mccluskey and it made me realize that there was nothing of me or who i was in my songs mm -hmm. and i have always been a really sarcastic prick you know <laughs> and uh, and i've always what? been a yeah i have i have i've always been a chopsy as they would say in wales a chopsy bastard um <laughs> And um, and it made me realize, and it took me a long, it took me longer to implement it after I realized um, that there was nothing of me in in my music, and it was just all kind of like, I'm a spotty ginger that girls don't like. Why haven't I got a girlfriend? <laughs> you know, it, it was all that. It was all this woe is me. I live in a fucking, I live in a shit town, and there's nothing here, and oh, I'm so sad, and you know, everything's shit, <laughs> and um. And I, yeah, I was just if I hadn't have heard McCluskey, I would have, I would have joined the myriad of bands who are doing exactly that now, but getting fucking rich and famous for it. So <laughs> I probably so, uh, yeah. yeah yeah. So it's all McCluskey's fault then, basically. It is yeah. If I, it is Falco's fault. Like, and you know the, the the beautiful thing about meeting Falco, um, and and he is my friend now. Like he is one of my best friends. I, I'd say that hands down. I speak to him. At, at least two or three times a week and he's just moved to bristol so i'm hoping to spend more time but um mm -hmm. completely lost what i was going to say but um the, no the beautiful thing about getting to know him is that all of the things that i took from the music without knowing him which was like this again like marky smith unwillingness to compromise uh, an, uh, an idea of who he was and what he stood for and what his music was and what it stood for and what it wasn't I took from that, I took what I, I thought that was there and I took it and I put it into St. Pierre and I fucking lived and breathed it. And I still do live and breathe that. And um, when I got to know him, he's not as say 
as intense as I am about it. He's certainly not as aggressive as I am about it, but it's fucking there. It is fucking there. And he's, you know, he has been doing it for 25 years or whatever. And he doesn't compromise a single thing. And, you know, admittedly, he'd say perhaps he'd be a little bit more financially secure if he had done that. Mm. If he had made some, you know, made some decisions, perhaps that if he went back now, he would change, he would do them differently. I respect that. I respect the the insight and the self-reflection and the self-honesty it takes to have that. Mm -hmm. But, Ultimately, he didn't want to compromise, and he and he hasn't. And because of that, McCluskey will continue to impact, and it will continue to inspire people like me. There'll be people who are 18, 19 now who are going to come through and hear McCluskey do Dallas, or all of those albums, and they're going to go, "Fucking hell, this is this is sensational. This is this is something that is like." completely human you know and it is I, can, I can say like when future of the left play as and i can i can boil it down to the they played arc tangent on the second stage i yeah. believe on the thursday one year and they let's be honest future left or they always play a mccluskey song or two yeah. at the end of a set just because i mm-hmm. mean it's probably falco just keeping the people happy you know because you got it i suppose you've got three thousand yeah. people in front of you the togetherness of everybody to go from loving a future of the left set to then it, it's almost it's not like they're standing around waiting for a McCluskey song to be played mm. because they want to hear a McCluskey song when no. those tracks are played at the end it's almost a completely di- everyone changes and they're like yeah now we listen to McCluskey um yeah I remember the first time I experienced them doing lightsaber cocksucking blues mm. uh a, a very small show actually I think Falco spoke about this show um it was a, a venue in Birmingham which I won't name an upstairs one one of those chain venues that you have to take you a year to Load in oh yeah i know them the, yeah and they played it there and i was like okay here we go now i love mccluskey like yeah it it sort of helps from yeah from that but they're they're a band that like future i can't see future left first which mm-hmm. i suppose is quite strange for some people but it's, then, it's quite common it's quite a common thing really yeah, yeah. and then like moving on to mccluskey i was lucky enough well to see this is coming on to see you playing with McCluskey upstairs yeah. in Club for Back in, in Cardiff. And how, how how did that come about? Sort of what's I know you've probably gone over this with other people and stuff, but just for the uh, very quick, the... very quickly, I think um so I we played Art Tangent and uh we had a song called Last Words of a Bank Cop. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go off on a tangent quickly. Last go Words ahead. of a Bank Last Words of a Bank Cop was a St. Pierre song on our first EP that I wrote as kind of like a declaration of um intent which was i wanted saint pierre to be a continuation of mccluskey i wanted them to continue in the vein of mccluskey so last words of a bent cop was named as such because the in godfather in the godfather the bent cop the bent cop that michael corleone shoots in the cafe is called mccluskey and he shoots wow. him and he shoots him in the head and his last words are like a gargle. So I, and, and it's basically a rip off of that man will not hang. So we did that. And I said, this is a McCluskey rip off. And then we had another song called say no to stop motion in which I list, make a list of bands. Like, so it, it finishes with, um, a refrain of you should be listening to the fall, listen to the fall. Yeah. But one of the songs you should be listening. So it goes, you should be listening to Elvis Presley, 
You should be listening to the Sonics and the Doors. You should be listening to Billie Holiday. You should be listening to Face No More. You should be listening to Elvis Presley. You should be listening to the Cramps and Phantomus. You should be listening to Shellac and McCluskey. You should be listening to Death From Above. So again, I, I referenced one of my favorite bands in one of my songs at a festival. After we played, a guy came up to me and he transpired as a guy called Matt Jarrett. Yeah. He's one of, he's a very close friend of Falco's, used to live with him for a, mm-hmm. a, a long time. And he was like, oh yeah, we're, um, I used to live with Falco. We started chatting, got pissed all day. I met Falco. Um, I'd met him previously as a fan, but this is the first time I'd met him as like kind of. Um, uh, as having a, a pint with him and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, as an artist, and we chatted. And then Jimmy Watkins came to see us the next day and mm-hmm. was like, these guys are fucking great. And then, um, and then I think, yeah, we, they just offered us the support off the back of that. Um, and then we played, we played a couple of shows with them. It was really nice. I had a chat with him, you know, he's like, you know, it's, it sounds weird saying it now because he's, he's, a, he's my mate, but like he was the person, he's the person I looked up to more than any other musician. Um, and you know, uh, that's changed now. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but yeah, so you know, the first time we played with him, I think like anyone in that position would want the nod. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, you know what I mean yeah. by the nod? I'd want that. I wanted that nod. And I remember Dev was there and I went, I spoke to Andy, came over and was like, that was great, mate. Like, you should be really proud of that. You you know, there was a band that were that were on after us. And he was like, you you blew them out of the water. Everyone here loved it. Really, really impressed. And then I went back over and Dev was like, did you get the nod? I was like, I got the nod. I got the nod. And that was it. And, that, and do you know what? And if that had been the end of it, that would have been enough. It would have been enough, like, yeah but um but then yeah from there he's just he is he and him julia and um and jack have you know just continued to um facilitate me having these amazing experiences and mm-hmm. and uh which for which i'm eternally grateful like i genuinely sincerely like the the amount of effort and time they've given me and op- and again they've let they let me a fan of their music into their lives, which is fucking mental. So <laughs> it sounds really weird, but like when I first, when I saw you play with McCluskey, I said upstairs in yeah. the club, like is weirdly proud. I know because like yeah. I'm not your dad, I'm not your brother, like yeah. you know this. But, but having seen like Saint Pierre a dozen times, and knowing like there's always been that connection, especially the South Wales connection and everything. It was like a really, if anything, I wanted to see McCluskey more with you in it. If that yeah. sounds. It does yeah. sound too strange, but like it was really, it was cool. It was another breath, breath of fresh air. I suppose it goes back to you were talking about having new members in St. Pierre, another energy and something. It's a different energy on stage. Yeah. And like, and you fucking love being on stage. Let's be honest. Like, um, yeah, I don't mind on, it. You, yeah. you, you, belong, <laughs> you belong up there, but um, Thank also you. We're watching you relearn a song on a guitar in front of a room full of people. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucking perfect. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what that, that didn't even make it on the fucking live DVD either. Cause oh. Stefan's, Stefan's equipment fucked up. So oh. um, yeah. Oh, you just have to be me telling everyone that that's what happened then the whole time. Yeah. It was the best performance of the night. Yeah, but... I suppose <laughs> two, two of my, two, of my favorite performances at club have been you learning the song on stage and then yeah. also the saint pierre tour yeah. support of you coming from work and playing a whole saint pierre snake invasion set wearing your work clothes i know and yeah and everything buttoned up uh, i think he was like yeah. aubergine or some lovely office color like that but well yeah. i say I've, I've still got the shirt yeah it's like a fucking oh, horrible shitty gray purpley <laughs> thing yeah incredible um 
I'm going to leave it there because I feel like we could talk for hours and hours yeah, and hours and hours, uh, which we almost have done. Um, yeah. Damien, thank you so much for this. Uh, no, I've had an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Um, yeah, it's been great. Obviously, when it comes to St. Pierre stuff, we all look forward to the new album, when, when that will be. And we look forward to obviously seeing, seeing you live when we can. Um, yeah, thank you so much, man. And I hope you have no. a nice uh, rest of your evening. Thank you. You too, mate. It's been great. It's been really good.